0: today. we can get some help today. Have You ever heard the term spiritual warfare, spiritual battle, whatever you call it. We're going to talk about spiritual battling today and spiritual war. We're going to look at the attack of Jesus today in Luke chapter 4. If you're familiar with this, some people call it the temptation of Jesus. Actually the word, you think of temptation, you think of a dirty old man can't keep his mind straight. But actually the word temptation here is assault, attack. This is where Jesus was attacked frontally. And this is in the Bible for a reason. I want us to look at it. And uh, you you can get a lot of help here. Here's what I want us to learn. And dear ones, if you don't learn this, you're going to be lost as a ball in high weeds on this planet from here on out. If you don't get it in your heart and and live with this worldview and this understanding, the visible world is driven by a spirit world. You got that? There is a spirit world. How many of you believe there's a spirit world? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It drives the visible world. Right. Nothing's going to make sense to you until you see the world through that lens that this visible world, business, relationships, government, church, all this stuff we can see, me, there's a spirit realm out there pulling the levers until you understand that, nothing's going to make sense to you. And you people said, it's getting crazy. The reason you don't understand what's going on is you have an American worldview that says there is no spirit world. You, America has strictly rejected the spirit realm and the spirit world, but the spirit world drives the visible world. And you end up When Jesus said, if you reject spirit truth in the spirit world, what do you call you? He said, what do you end up as? Then you get blind leaders leading blind people into a ditch. All right. You got to understand there's a spirit world and it it interacts in your life. Um, And you got to understand as scripture teaches in many places, there is a battle in that spirit world. There are only two spirit forces in the earth. Two. One is benevolent. One is malevolent. One is light, one is dark. You're caught in a crossfire. Our families are caught in the crossfire of these two great spiritual powers. And the Bible says that you are being assaulted by darkness. Many places. I'll just quote one of them. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 says this, to to only his people, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the protection God gives you because you are not in a battle with people you're in a battle with principalities and spirit powers in the spirit realm. How could he make it any clearer? What's that tell me right there? I, there's a conflict going on around me and I'm under siege. I'm under attack. Is that, that's dumb. No, you just can't see it. That's reality. And you've got to understand I'm under constant spiritual assault. I'm amazed, you know, because I'm under more spiritual assault than the average person. Because even the enemy knows the Bible, it says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So we go after shepherds most of all. Sometimes I just go, you again? <laughs> till the day we fall over, till the day you see Jesus, you're going to be caught in a conflict. And we've got to understand this. Now, this is the passage in the Bible where we see Jesus in conflict. And we see, and I'm, can I just make an observation here? If the unholy evil one will attack the very Son of God, you think He'd come to you? Think about that, Doc. And this is where we see the unholy one attack the Son of God. This is in here for a reason. Remember the Bible, God wrote the Bible and gave it to you for your understanding. And He's going to show us this for a reason. And we're going to see this today. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan, was led by the spirit into the wilderness, being tempted or attacked, assaulted for 40 days by Satan. In those days, he ate nothing. Afterward, he was hungry. Now, there was, there were not three temptations. There were 40 days of assault and then three more that scripture records. Verse three, watch these words. And the devil, Satan said to him, just stop right there. You believe that's true? Do you believe that Satan spoke to the Son of God? you believe he talks to you? All right. Why is this in the Bible? Now, my question is this. Did he hear him with his ear? What do you think? Did he hear him talking with his ear or some other way? He didn't hear him with his ear. It was not an audible voice. Let me prove that to you. Keep your finger and turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Learn this verse, dear ones. Hebrews chapter 4. Here's one of the great truths we see here. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's learn this great truth right here. Will you take the Father at His Word? If you read it in the Bible, will you believe it? Yes. That was an easy question. If you read it in the Bible, will you believe it? Yes. The answer should be yes. Right. Hebrews 4.15, two of the greatest truths you'll ever learn in one verse. Hebrews 4.15. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. you got a double negative there, so cancel them both out. Do not, cannot, kick them out. Our high priest is sympathetic toward our weaknesses. Does anybody here have any weaknesses? you have any things you struggle with? What's Jesus' attitude toward you because you've got weaknesses? Is he mad? Is he thinking, how long did I put up with your crap? Is that his attitude? You should have gotten it right by him. Is that his attitude? What is his attitude toward your struggles? He is sympathetic he is sympathetic with your struggles. And I want you to look at why the Bible said he's sympathetic with the things we go through. Scripture says this, but was in all points tempted as we are. Jesus was attacked just like you are. Does the Bible tell me right there that what I read in Luke chapter four about the attack of Jesus, I'm going to experience the same thing. Is that what it says? Demons, listen to me. I have never heard any voice that was the devil. I've never heard an audible voice. He has put 10,000 thoughts in my mind. The battlefield is your mind, not your ear. And he has the ability to put thoughts in your mind. And so when Jesus got this thought, you're hungry. Turn the rock into bread. It didn't come as an audible voice. He was tempted like I am. It came as a thought and an idea in his mind. And in every way Jesus was tempted, I'm going to be tempted or attacked. Do you understand what he's saying here? This is Luke chapter 4 is a picture of what's going on in your life and how to handle it. Turn back with me to Luke chapter 4. So Jesus was spoken to, verse 4, excuse me, Jesus, verse 3. The devil spoke to him. He said, if you're the son of God, let's pause right there. Poor old devil. He didn't know nothing, does he? He didn't even know if Jesus was the son of God. I made you think he knew. Yeah, he knew. He worshiped him for years till he got thrown out. What do you learn right here? His first attack on your life is always going to be against your relationship with your father. He's going to attack where you stand with God. He said, if you are the son of God, notice Jesus didn't even answer that. He said, if you're the son of God, talk to a rock and tell that rock to become bread. Command that stone to become bread. He said, Brother Brian, that sounds like a good idea to me. I mean, 40 days without eating, you're bound to be hungry. Why not make you some bread? There's a problem. Remember, this is an attack. There's a problem here. I want you to look at what Jesus said, verse 4. But Jesus answered him. Let's let's pause again right there. Does that embarrass y'all? Does that embarrass y'all that this man is talking to the devil? Listen to me. You need to start talking to him. But Jesus answered him and here's what he said to him. It is written. There it is. When Jesus said it is written, did he mean like Shakespeare or what do you mean it is written? What Jesus said, the Bible says. Matter of fact, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three. Now you got to remember our Bible and Jesus Bible was not the same thing when Jesus, the Bible he had was just the old Testament. He didn't have the new Testament yet because he is the new Testament. So Jesus, when he's faced with a problem, what he do? He said, what's the Bible say? And he said, it is written. And he took what the Bible said, and that's how he handled the problem. <clears throat> and he said, it is written <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter eight. Look what he said. <clears throat> Man shall not live by bread alone, a man shall live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right, let me ask you a simple. Now, by the way, live doesn't mean blood flowing through your veins. Live means live. Live means great life. Listen to me. You want to live? It better be by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Where do we find our great lives from? All right. Here, here's the title of today's message. God's children live by the Bible. <laughs> God, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean they obey it. I mean, they find the life they're looking for by the Bible. We have got to get back to the Bible in this generation. Don't you to notice when Jesus was attacked, how did he handle it? He just said, what does the Bible say? You ever heard of spiritual warfare? That's it right there. Look, look right here at your preacher. This is as deep as it gets, dear one. And don't, I've known people say, we want to tear down the principalities over the city of Atlanta. You can't even keep your dishes clean lady. Come on. Yeah. All right. Listen to me. We're getting in this deep, weird, spooky stuff. You're not going to top the son of God. How do he handle it? He simply said, what's the Bible say? There's no greater spiritual warfare than to look to the Bible and to look to the word of God and let that settle the issue. I say the devil got whooped right there. What do you reckon? So, you know, he, the Bible. I'm sure the Bible would say in the next verse, he turned around and ran. <laughs> Not, so. Not so. Let's read the next verse. <clears throat> verse five. Then the devil took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a flash of time. Now, you've got to remember, time is no issue with spiritual beings. What did he show him? He showed him everything this world would ever have. He showed him all the business empires. He showed him entertainment. He showed him everything this world would have for all of eternity. Why would Satan show Jesus Christ everything this world has? Read the next verse. And the devil said to him, All this I give to you and all that comes with it, the glory of it, because it's been given to me. And watch these words. I give it to who I want to. Who controls what goes on in this earth? According to that verse who makes stars? Who sets people up in business? Who makes people famous? Who makes people rich? What does it say right there? I give this stuff to who I want to. And then he said, because this authority has been given to me. Who gave Satan the authority to set people up in this earth? God Almighty didn't. God gave it to Adam. Adam gave it away to him. And he has the ability to make people rich, give them whatever they want, He's the kingmaker on this planet. Right there it is. He said to Jesus, I'll tell you what, dude, I I control what goes on on this planet. I'll give you everything I got to offer here. But listen to me. There's a price tag. I mean, you make a deal with him as a price tag. Here's the price. It's in verse seven. Therefore, worship me. I'll give you everything you're looking for. What was the price? I'll make you the king of Saudi Arabia. I'll make you a famous singer. I'll I'll make you rich. I'll give you all the chicks you want. You name it, buddy. Worship me. I'll give you whatever you want. That sounds like a pretty good deal. In the long term, you're going to wish you hadn't made it. By the way, this guy right here, he is not on your side. He's not your friend. Man, what an option here. Verse 8, Jesus answered and said to him, Can you believe this? Get behind me, Satan. I mean, what if you would had your respectable friends from the bridge club? And you're walking through the garden here and here's this guy standing there talking and there's nobody around him and he's talking to the devil. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? <laughs> Let me make an announcement. We need to get off the bridge club and we need to get embarrassed ourselves and start doing what Jesus did. He said, you get behind me or get out of my face or whatever you want to say like that. Get behind me. Watch this. It is written. i <coughs> of you might think Jesus is hung up on the Bible. i <laughs> of you might think we might need to get hung up on the Bible. Do you see the son of God in an intense battle with the power of hell? How does he handle it every time? What's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? It is written. It is written. What did he say this time? Of course, he quoted this time. He quoted Deuteronomy 6.13 that says this. It is written. Get behind me, Satan. You worship the Lord your God only. I'm not taking your deal. He said, my God will give me everything I'm looking for. And I'm sure not going to try to get it from you. But I want you to notice something. How did he handle it? The Bible. He said it is written. All right, in my humble opinion, I think after the enemy's had his head bloodied up twice, he should quit. What do you think? No deal. Verse 9. Then he brought Jesus and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, said to him, If you're the Son of God, isn't it funny how he keeps hammering on how you relate to God? Throw yourself down from me. I don't know how this happened. This is crazy. Remember, they're in the wilderness. So he brings him all the way to the city of Jerusalem, puts him on the very top of the tallest building in the world at that time, which is the pinnacle of Jerusalem temple. And they're on the top of there, the very top of this building. And he said to him, jump off, just jump off the building. You'll see something crazy. By the way, that's not much of a temptation to me. (laughs) Verse 10, what does it say in verse 10? I remember Satan's talking to Satan says what for it is written who's quoting the Bible now. Ain't that crazy? You let him find out you've decided to stick with the Bible, even he will misuse the Bible and you're like to screw you up. Amen. It is written, and he happens to quote Psalm 91, some of Psalm 91 here. He'll give his angels charge over you, keep you. Their hands, they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Guess who knows the Bible well? Right there he is. He's quoting it to Jesus. How many of you think, well, you know, if that's what the Bible says I ought to do it. Let me make an announcement. If Satan tells you to do something the Bible says, don't do that neither. Let me tell you what I learned as a young, well, I learned that I was a little older. Let me tell you what I've learned. I am a fool if I think I can match intelligence with him. He'll shut me down every time. He'll smoke me. I just said to him, do this. Do you understand what he's trying to get Jesus to do? He's got him up here on the top. He said, just jump off. Didn't the Bible say he'll get his angels to take care of you? You jump off from here, those angels will catch you. They'll let you down real easy and everybody will think you somebody. Beware of the temptation to impress people. Not from heaven. We live for an audience of one. And uh, boy, we're in a mess now. What do we do? We got Bible versus Bible now going on here. (laughs) Let me tell you about your helper. Verse 12. Jesus answered and said to him, did Jesus say it is written... No, Jesus said what? All right, it is written as one Greek word, grapti. We get our English word graphite out of it. We write with graphite pencils, graphite. And this Greek word is one word, irani, and it means it is being spoken to me at this moment. Mm -hmm. Who's talking to him? Holy Spirit of God's talking to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's telling him, "Uh uh-uh. That's not the right way to use the Bible. And notice what the Holy Spirit to him said. No, it is being spoken. The Holy Spirit's telling me right now, don't do it. There you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And he quoted Deuteronomy again. He quoted scripture again. And you know what he said? Don't mess with God. Don't do dumb things like this. This is like my friends in the mountains of North Carolina that have snake handling churches. You ever been to a snake handling church? I'd encourage you not to go. You know how they handle snakes? In Mark chapter 16, the Bible says, Go in the world, preach the gospel. These signs will follow them that believe it. List five signs. One of them is they will pick up serpents. One of them said it'll heal the sick. I'll take heal the sick over pick up serpents. Can I get a witness? So they pick up these snakes and they handle the snakes because the Bible says to handle snakes. Sort of like Jerry Clower was talking about that thing and he said they broke out them snakes and I asked the fellow, where is your back door? And he said, we don't have one. He said, and where would you like one at? That's what I'd be saying right there. And the crazy thing is, they die regular. Let me make an announcement. Pick up snake, die sucker. <laughs> you say, but Brother Brown, the Bible says do it. You can use this Bible to do anything you want to do. You need to let the Holy Spirit of God lead you through the Word. And in this case, Satan tried to misuse the Bible, even with Jesus. But the Holy Spirit said, not the way to do it right here. And he answered, now let's learn something here. Verse 13. When the devil had emptied every temptation, ended every temptation. Amen. Thank you. I'll be glad when he stops tempting me. Let me, you, let me tell you how you'll know he has permanently stopped tempting you. You be laying right there and I'll be saying nice things about you. <laughs> but till that day, let's learn something here. When it ended every temptation, he departed from him forever. How long did he depart? Until an opportunity came up, opportune time. Listen to me. There'll be periods in your life where they'll be quiet. And you, you can live your life, enjoy your family, do your work. They'll be quiet in your mind. You'll be at peace. There's periods of rest. The land had rest. But there's periods where you're going to be under intense attack. True. Mentally. Emotionally. And, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. But what does this verse teach me right here? My enemy's watching me. And he's looking for What? Not a good time to mess with him right now, boys. He's strong. He's healthy. Things are going well. Everybody's smiling at him. Weather's nice. Fish are biting, leave him alone. <laughs> but he's watching for what? He's looking for an opportunity. Let me tell you how cruel he is. A parent has a child die. That's an opportune time. He sends extra demons to get in their heads and say if God loves you, why'd this happen? See how cruel he is. Somebody gets sick and they pray and they can't get an answer. He'll pile in your head and say, if God's so good, how come he be like this? He watches for opportune times. Your kid, your adult kids go off the rail. That is an opportune time for him to come get in your head. Let me tell you something. There is nothing you need from this guy right here. He is cruel. Can I quote to you one of my favorite verses concerning him in the Bible? The first time we see him is when the Bible opens. The last time we see him is when the Bible closes. My favorite verse in the Bible about the devil, Revelation 20:10 said, and then Satan who deceived the whole world was cast into the lake of fire while he will be termed, tormented forever day and night. Once in a while when he jumps on me, I just start quoting verses like that. and <laughs> That has a tendency to clear him out of the house there. But do you see the great battle that took place? Now listen to me, Hebrews 4:15. He was tempted like we are. Yeah, right. What does that tell you right there? What you see right there is what you're going to go through. Let's learn some simple lessons here. Number one, what was the attack? What was the first attack? When he said, "Turn the stones into bread," what was the first attack? It was not to eat. We were born to eat. God made us to eat. I mean, not all the time, but we're supposed to eat. What was the attack? Don't live by God's Word. Live by what you feel like doing. Don't live by God's Word. You do what you feel like doing. The Greatest attack on your life will be don't do what God's Word says. You do what you feel like doing. That comes in four veins. Number one, live your life how you feel like living it. Number two, live your life by what you think is smart to do. How's that doing us? Number three, live your life Conform to this world, or live like the people around you live. Just let them tell you how to live. Or number four, be religious. Religion's a great temptation of Satan. Go find you a church and do whatever they tell you to do at that church. Jesus didn't say live by the church. Jesus said live by the Word of God. He said don't go with preachers. Go with the Word of God. Yeah. They said, what's the difference? Me and you need to spend some quality time. I need to help you, Bubba. But the great temptation was to live apart from God's Word and then follow whatever. All right, you understand that? The greatest temptation of your life's not going to be to smoke crack. Most of you probably won't. Amen. Thank you. I got one i not going to smoke crack here. Most of you probably not going to run off with somebody else's old lady or old man. That's not going to be the great temptation. If you're in church, that's not going to be the great temptation of your life. This is going to be your struggle right here. Number one, this is the temptation. Number two, how did Jesus handle it? how did Jesus defend himself against this attack? Don't, don't go deep here, dear ones. He just looked up what the Bible said and that's what he said. That's not very deep. Bingo. Bingo. Something crazy is happening in this land today in Christianity where we want to be deep and spooky and weird. And they come start that mess with me and they say, brother Brian, we got into some deep war. I said, yeah, I bought two calves at the sale yesterday. What is going on here? There was if the son of God crushed Satan's head by just saying the Bible says, that's enough for me. Don't get deep with me. Don't say yep, yep, but brother Brian, you don't understand. And let me make an announcement. I don't want to. All you got to do is just tell me what this book says. That's right. I win. This is so simple a child can understand it. I had a minister tell me not long ago, the reason we can't go by the Bible anymore, the reason you can't apply the Bible today is you don't understand the times the men lived in who wrote it. And I just want to go. That is a person who doesn't believe that the Word of God is the Word of God. And so when I hear like that, guess what I do? I make a mental note and say, watch them for a while. See what happens every single time they go off the rails. Stick with the book, dear ones. All right, let me tell you how Jesus opened it. Number one, Jesus knew the Bible. You know, you can't quote it if you don't know it, can you? That's a good amen right there. Number two, he chose to follow the Bible. Uh, do you notice he didn't get into a dialogue? I noticed that today the hip thing in culture is we We must dialogue. Dialogue is fancy for turn away from God's Word and let somebody wrap you around the axles. Then he quoted a short verse every time, period. No discussion. I don't need 30 minutes of dialogue to tell me what God said in a verse that wide right there. Stick with the book. And let me point out something here that my friends are getting in trouble with. With Jesus Christ, it was the Word and the Spirit, but the Word came first. Listen to me, Word first word first. I got friends now who they're beyond the written Bible. They're out in the spirit realm. That's right. You listen to me. The voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of a demon spirit sound just alike. Yeah. Yeah. Second Corinthians 11 says this, no wonder for Satan disguises himself as an angel of righteousness. There's only one way to know the difference. What does the Bible say? Do you notice Jesus put the word first? But now, do you notice the Spirit did speak to him? You can see that it is spoken. Let me ask you a question. When the Spirit did speak to him, what did the Spirit say to him? The Spirit said, it is written. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's real big on this book he wrote. (laughs) Stick with the book, dear ones. We're getting away from the Word and we're getting in trouble here. All right, that's how he defended himself. Can I ask you a question? When When we think of the Bible in America, what do we think of? We think of Grandma sitting in her rocker. With her shawl around her, (laughs) reading her Bible, don't we? You think of some mild mannered man up in a pulpit telling mild mannered people how to be more mild mannered. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Why would God Almighty call the Word of God a sword? That's Ephesians 6:17. I quoted to you from that we read that. Ephesians 6:17 said, "Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." I, help me here. What do you do with a sword? Decorate your walls with it? Well, some people. Tell me what the use of what, a sword is—a weapon. What do you do with a sword? You cut somebody with it. You defend yourself. You defend your family with it. I pray this don't offend you, but if it does, you'll be right by the time I'm done. I got a family I got a home and right beside my bed where I can reach it is a 40 caliber Smith & Wesson. 17 shots. I don't believe in them 10 shot magazines. Might be two of them. <laughs> you say, well, that's awful. I know it. I know it, but it's there. Guess why I keep a pistol by my bed at night? Now listen to, listen to me carefully. I'm not a cowboy redneck. Well, I have prayed to God sincerely I don't ever want to pull the trigger on anybody. I mean that. Them that do, I worry about you. I don't want to pull the trigger on anybody. But the reason I have that pistol beside me at night, well, I guess you know now. Uh, There are demon-possessed, malevolent beings in this earth that would hurt my family. If they weren't there, I wouldn't have it. I'd I'd, uh, turn it into a plowshare. I'm going to do that one day. But dear ones, I keep that pistol there because there are people that would hurt my family. It's not my decision. It's theirs. You you sound like an NRA representative. Well, that's not the issue either. Here's the deal. Why did God Almighty hand me a sword? Pick up the phone, Bubba. There are spirit beings who will destroy your family. And you. And the reason he gave you this sword is to protect you from those beings. If there's not a spirit world, why would he hand you a sword? If he's not after you, why do you need a sword? Come on guys, pick up the phone. You know this. All right. Listen to me. There is an evil one and he's, he's after something. What's he always attack? What's the first thing he attacked in the earth? You go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis one, two, God created a beautiful earth created men and women. It was perfect. He blessed them. Genesis chapter three, a malevolent being comes into the garden and every rape, every murder, every broken heart, every broken home is the result of him coming in that garden. We're suffering from it today. What's the first thing he did? He opened his mouth and he said to the woman, he said, did God say? First thing he did was attack God's word. That's his entire MO is to attack God's word. And he got her off of God's Word and me and you've been suffering from it ever since. All he does is just take God's Word away from his people. All he wants to do is separate you from God's Word. And he knows if I can separate them from that book and from God's Word, we're in trouble. All right, that was the original attack. Let me tell you what this Bible teaches. As we approach the second coming of Jesus, there's going to be one great final attack of him in the earth. Now, Revelation 12 says this. He is furious. He's livid because he knoweth he hath but a short time left. Did you hear that? Short time left. Therefore, he has come down to wage war against humanity. He's going to pour it out right before Jesus comes back. What's his primary attack going to be? Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's look at it. 1 Timothy 4. I've watched this happen in my lifetime. Thousands of years of recorded history and we're just now starting to see final day prophecy unfold. All right, his great final attack, here it is. See if you've seen this happen in the earth. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Let's look at this verse, 1 Timothy 4, 1. Some, this is called the great apostasy. Now the Spirit expressly says, what does that mean right there? I Meaning the Holy Spirit looks at me and says, pay attention to me, boy. You listen to me the Spirit expressly says, in the latter days, if there's not going to be last days, why does the Bible talk so much about the last days? What does it say is going to happen in the last days? What's the Holy Spirit warning me and you about expressly? Some will depart from what? The faith. Now listen to me. It doesn't mean they're going to quit going to church. It doesn't mean they're not going to be religious. You can read a few, two pages over where it says, in the latter days, they will go to church. But there'll be no power to it. What does it mean depart from the faith? We better, what's faith mean? Try Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. His great attack in the latter days, he's going to lead people away from the Word of God. He's going to try to separate people from the Word of God and people are going to walk away from the Word of God in this generation. Now, can I ask you a question? Why would a nation that was built on the Bible turn from the Bible? Why would entire churches and denominations that love the Bible and built the Bible, built on the Bible, why would they all of a sudden start throwing the Bible in the garbage? Why would people that love the Bible for years all of a sudden just walk away from it? Read the rest of the verse. They will depart from the faith. What does it mean giving heed to, listening to, deceiving spirits and the teaching of demons? Dark spirits are going to cover the earth. And what are they going to do? Get away from the Bible. They're going to turn people away from the faith or listening to God's Word in the Bible. I've seen it happen in my lifetime. This nation was built on the Bible. You may not like that, but you cannot ignore true history. This nation was built on the Bible. I, our great educational system, number one, at one time we were the best in the world at education. I see now that we rank about 30th. We rank about 30th. Our educational system's in trouble. You know why we were so blessed in the early years? Because our educational system was built on the Bible. First public school system in America was where? Washington, DC. Who was the first superintendent of public schools in America? You might know, Ben Franklin. He took the job under one condition. Every student in our schools will read the Bible every day because there's no book written that can help people live a more productive life. Imagine that today. I'm in a meeting one time in the city of the county commissioners and we're having a, well, I might as well just call it what it was. We was having a discussion and a debate and uh, a lady responded to me and she said, well, I'm a constitutionalist and I don't believe we should have the Bible in schools. I said, who was the chief architect of the constitution? Benjamin Franklin. I said, the man who said every student should read the Bible every day because there's no greater book written that you can live a productive life by. That's the man who wrote the Constitution. I said, you're telling me you know more about the Constitution than the man who wrote it? I got these neat answers for everybody, stuff like that. But the Bible, listen, I don't expect to win that argument. We've turned away from the Bible and now churches. Entire denomination have turned away from the Bible. Who's behind it? It was, this is the great work of the enemy. In the latter days, they will depart from the faith being taught by demons and seducing spirits. I lady said to me, she said, you're one of them hicks that's stuck in 1955. I said, no, ma'am. I said, I'm stuck in 33 AD and I'm staying right here till Jesus gets back. Forget it. I don't care what they got to say. Then it was, listen to me, stick with the Bible. It's become very backwards and hickish to believe the Bible in our do you mind if I call it a pseudo-sophisticated culture? I got news for you. One day Jesus is coming back. Bible stands. Everything else falls. All right. Great final attack. All right, I'm going to make something so simple for you that a child can understand it. Is anybody here that wants a good life? I told you I'd make it easy. That's the reason you're in church today. Unless your mama made you come or, you, or your wife drugged you here. But if you're in church today, you're looking for something. Everybody I know wants a better life. You want better for your family? You want good for your kids? You, you're hoping to find some happiness? I don't know. Nobody ever says, pray for me, Brother Brown. I want my life stuck." suck. <laughs> People don't say that. People always want better because God created your heart to want better. You want a good life? Yes. One, two, three, four. Here it is, number one. By the way, there's two guys. This is the fulcrum verse of the Bible. The Bible hinges on this verse. There is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you don't have enough wisdom to say he's doing a bang up job today, but Jesus Christ said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Christ came to this earth and he's in the earth today. So you can have a better life, an abundant life. The other guy's here to destroy. Why do we keep listening to him? All right, listen to me. If you want a great life, number one, decide to follow Jesus. That's number one, decide to follow Jesus. Don't become religious, you'll weird me out. Don't become spooky, just make up your mind. I'm going to follow Jesus. Now, whether I go to church or not, I'm not sure. I'll ask Him what to do. I'm not going to start wearing black ties, forget it. But I'm going to follow this man. I've seen what he can do. Nobody ever loved me like this. Nobody ever died for me like this. Nobody ever created the beauty of nature like He created. I'm going to follow the guy. Just make up your mind you're going to follow Jesus. All right? If you decide to do that, then the next step is what? Get your Bible. That's how we follow Jesus. We get Bibles. If you want to buy a Christian book, that's fine. I, I'm sort of swearing off of them myself now. Get your Bible. You can either buy one or we'll give you some if we ever get some more in stock here. Get your Bible. You can't follow Jesus apart from the Bible. This was not questioned when I first got saved years ago. This is a question mark now. God's children live by the Bible. Number three, are you ready? Learn it. There's a great demonic cloud over the land that says, oh, the Bible's too complicated. No, it's not. Let me make an announcement. You can learn it. When you decide to follow Jesus, the one who wrote it moves inside of you. He'll help you learn it. You said well, it's complicated. Okay, work with me right here. Work with me for a second. Let's, let's go through this. You ready? Thou shalt not steal. What part do you not understand right there? I'll help you. <laughs> Sounds pretty simple to me. All right, let's, let's do this again. Be worried for nothing. What part about that do you not like? Cast your cares upon him. Hey, fine, I wasn't doing so good with him anyway. Here, Father. Rejoice in the Lord always. What part of that do you not understand? There, the Bible's not complicated they lied to you. Open it up and read it. It's pretty good stuff. Oh, yeah. All right, learn it. You can do it. And then here's the last one. Live your life by it. Yeah. Live your life by it. How many of you make decisions every day? How many do you make on an average day? It's in the thousands. Every decision you make, I've trained my mind. But one thing comes up, what's the Bible say? What does the Bible say? It is written. All right. Suppose you were to ask Jesus a question. do You think he'd give you the answer? Answers. Yes. Yes. I mean, he, he is the answer. If he called himself the truth, he'll answer your questions. Anybody here got questions about life? You want the answers? Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Let me show you what he says. I've had people say to me, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus this. You don't have to wait till then. Ask him now. Uh, listen, he, he can talk just as good now as he can, then. Let me go ahead and issue a warning to my spiritual friends. We've gotten too deep for the Bible. We want a word from God now. And I believe he speaks. He tells me things. But you know what this Bible says in Second Peter? The written word of God is to be trusted more than a spoken word of God. A prophetic word might be wrong. But the written word's always right. If I want to just mess with somebody once in a while, my spiritually spooky friends, I don't mean to be unkind to you, but I'm tired of you getting in the ditch. I'm trying to help you this morning. They'll be searching for something and I'll just say to them, I've got a word from God for you. And I'll act real spooky. And they'll light up and say, praise the Lord. I say, you want me to give it to you? Yeah. And I'll give it to them. They'll say, praise God. Did he did he give it to you last night? I said, no, I years ago. It's Mark chapter eight, verse 31. I just, and then they'll be disappointed that I gave them a Bible verse instead of some, you look at me. If that's you, look right here. You're headed for deception. If you put those words in front of this word, word first, spirit second. Now he speaks to me and he tells me things word first is the only way you'll avoid deception. Got a question you want to ask in life? Look, I would do it. Verse 25 of Luke 10. A certain lawyer, which meant a spiritual teacher, stood up and tested Jesus saying, he had a question. Here's his question. What do I have to do to live forever? What do I have to do to have eternal life? I maybe think that's a big question. Is that not the biggest question you'll ever ask in your life? You believe what this Bible says? You get three seconds on this planet. you go spend 10 million years somewhere else. This is the biggest question you'll ever ask. All right. What do you think Jesus answered this man? He just came. He said, I, he said I, God, I got a question for you. How do I live forever? Does anybody know the answer to this question? You, know where you Listen to me. America does not know the answer to this question. You want to hear something crazy? You don't think we're deceived in this nation? Survey after survey, ask 100 Americans, do you believe there's a heaven or not? 94% say yes. Ask them, how does a person get there? 88% say you have to earn it. The most common answer to how you get to heaven is right here in America. I believe when you die, God's going to put all your good works on one side and all your bad works on the other side. And if your good works outweigh your bad works, you get in. If they don't, you don't. Where'd that come from? That's not biblical. 88% of America doesn't know how to get to heaven. Don't tell me we're gospel saturated. You know what you should say when somebody asks you that? Come on, guys, what should you say? It is written. (laughs) We got to get hung up on this it is written stuff. All right, right, this man asked God a question. Look how he answered in verse 26. And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? Now, law there meant Old Testament or Bible. And he said this, what is your reading of it? You know what Jesus said to him? What's the Bible say? Go look it up. It was God's answer for everything. Is what does the Bible say? Go look it up. Are you with me? We need to become. I maybe think we should become like Jesus. Can I share with you the greatest compliment I ever been paid in my life? Out of the three, the greatest one I ever had in my life. One night I'm listening. My one of my little girls was young, and they had some friends, and they said, "Go ask your daddy. Go ask your daddy." I heard him saying, "I thought, what are they up to?" And. She said, ain't no sense asking him. You know what he's going to say. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? I thought, we're getting it, Doc. We need to become like parrots. What does the Bible say? The scripture said, listen, if you're going to ask him a question, go ahead and ask it. Just look up the answer. It's in there. This, will be the great, this is the great life you live. And you want to live by it. I memorized a verse years ago and I want us to all memorize this verse together. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know what that means? Whatever the road the Bible tells me to take, that's the road I'm going down. Right, I would have a com- confession to make to you. I don't always want to do what the Bible says. Three of us. Do you? You're probably real spiritual. You probably glow in the dark. That's why your wife can't sleep with you anymore. I don't always want to do what the Bible says. Friend, let me give you friends. I hope this don't don't bother you. There's times people do things so dumb, I want to slap them naked. I'm sorry, I just do. I mean, I don't. And it don't last long. And it ain't many of them. Not much bothers me. But in that moment, I got to make a decision. I feel, you hear that word right there? Feel like slapping them naked. But I'm committed to thy word as a lamp into my feet, so I try to find the verse, slap them naked in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> and guess what I find? It's not in there. Guess what I find instead of slap them naked? Guess what I find? Be you kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. If a man slaps you on one cheek, oh it is in there. <laughs> that's not me doing it to him. (laughs) A man slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. If he takes away your coat, hand him your shirt too. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where I can slap you because I'm angry. Are you with me? So now I'm faced with a problem. I got what I feel like doing and I got what he says to do. Let me make an announcement. My life has been blessed because I decided years ago it is written. It is written. This is not hard at all, dear ones. In every issue of life, just say, what does it say? But I've already made up my mind, whatever it says, that's what I'm going to do. There's mornings I wake up and don't feel that great. Oh, y'all glow in the dark again. There's times things aren't going perfect in my life, just like yours. So do I act like how I feel or do I say, what does it say? This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it period. Once in a while, myself says to me, and before it even gets the words out of its mouth, I say to myself, sit down and shut up. I've been blessed because I've told self to sit down and shut up. Whatever do the Bible say. I want you to have a great life. In every decision, live what I don't know what it says. All All right, listen to me. Look it up this ain't hard, dear ones. i want to quit by giving you a promise from God's Word. Here's a promise. You're either going to live by the Word or you're going to live some other way. And because He loves you so much, He wants you to know what's at the end of the road. Turn with me to Proverbs 4 if you've decided, excuse me, Proverbs 14, if you've decided to live any way except by God's Word. Proverbs 14 and see if you see if this is the truth. This is one of them buzzard gut in the face verses. You know what I mean? You read this, you go, dang, if that ain't the truth. See if this is not true in your life and other lives you've watched. And if it's not true in your life, see if you've seen this happen to a friend. Proverbs fourteen twelve is one of the great verses. Of, now this is if you choose to live the way you want to. Proverbs fourteen twelve says this, there is a way or a road that seems right to a man. How many of you agree with that? But what does it say? But the end of the road is destruction. The word death there doesn't mean your heart stops beating. It means everything blows all to pieces. Death in the Bible means mess oftentimes. I want to listen to what it said. It can look so good to start with, but in the end it blows all to pieces. That's why I have learned I am not trusting myself anymore. It might look good to me. It might feel good to me, but I've seen what happens when I choose my way or the road that looks good. Doesn't this bother y'all? How can it be that it can look so good to start with and end up being messed up? You ready? Must be somebody out there messing with me. I've asked no few people, why did you do that? And guess what the answer always is? Brother Brown, it looks so good to start with. He seemed so nice when I met him. If you choose to live any other way, this is your road right here. We're there. Turn to Proverbs chapter four. But if you decide you're going to become a narrow-minded, hick, backwards, small town lover of Jesus and just go by what the Bible says, here's your future. Proverbs four, verse 20. My son, I'm telling you, he loves you. My daughter. Give attention to what? My words. Pay attention to my words. I right, do this. Incline your ear to my sayings. How do you incline your ear to your sayings? All right, let me demonstrate. That's right. Got it? Yeah. Incline your ear to my sayings. Stick with me here. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Does this sound like once a week to do you? Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart. How do you get it out of this book into your heart? You meditate on it and you think about it. All right, if you choose to do this with your life, read verse 22. They are life to those who find them and healing to everything in their lives, their flesh. You want a great life? Wrap it around this book. Get this book in your mind, get it in your heart, go by what it says. I've learned, I think on it. Why would I ride down the road and think about how rotten things are when I can be riding down the road meditating on His great goodness? Amen. Just, just learn to think on His Word that you have a great life. I want to quit by asking you a question. This puzzled me as a young preacher, but I know the answer now. And I would ask him, why are you so good to some people and not to others? I mean, if you're so good, why do you do so many things for some people and not to others? I've known people that He did some tremendous things for. And then I've known other people He didn't do much for. I can't believe that he's fickle. I can't believe that he loves them more than he does you. There's got to be a reason he does things for me. There's got to be a reason he blesses some business more than others. There's got to be a reason he makes some families so great and other families struggle so much. I found the reason. I know I know the answer. Now, I want you to look with me in the book of Revelation and let him reveal to you why he does things for some people. I used to wonder, why do you bless some churches and others are dying? I found the answer. Revelation chapter 3 is where we find the answer to the question, why does he do some things for some people and not for others? You know, this, this is not complicated at all. In the ministry today, we've gotten to the point where we are so deep and complicated, nobody can figure out what we're talking about. Jesus makes it so simple a child can understand it. Here it is. You need to go back on this and meditate it and chew on it. You're fixing to hear the truth right here. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 to the minister angel Philadelphia, right? These things says he who is true, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. Do you know what the key of David is? You better learn this. All through the Bible, the key of David is ultimate authority in the world. Key means you can open and close. Who holds all the authority in the earth ultimately? Now, darkness has power on the earth. Presidents have power. Deputies have power. Who holds ultimate power? God Almighty has ultimate power. Watch these words. He who opens and no one shuts. He who shuts and no one opens. You listen to me. You listen to this word. If God Almighty decides to bless your family, every devil in hell can't stop it. He opens doors, no man can shut it. If he decides to bless your life, bring it on, doc. I don't care who's against you. I don't care what goes on. If he decides to bless your life, nobody can stop it. If he decides to bless your business, it will grow when everybody else's collapses. God blesses businesses. Where do you, who do you think created industry? Deuteronomy says, no, United is the Lord your God who gives you the ability to make money. He blesses businesses, Chick-fil-A. You see, you're promoting Chick-fil-A. I'm just telling you, you put God first, he'll bless your business. Go to the Coca-Cola consolidated webpage. right across the top are these words. Coca-Cola exists to glorify God. Now, I don't know how they think making sugar water that Rock's Kid's Teeth out does that, but somehow they figured out a way. <laughs> there was if he decides to bless, listen to me, quit being smart, get God to do it for you. If he decides to bless your marriage, Amen. nothing can stop that. But what's the inversion? If he shuts it down, nobody's going to build it. I'll tell you the history of my nation. If we don't repent, get back to this word. Unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. We made some very foolish decisions and it's not going to turn around until we turn around. All right. Now there's a reason that he opens doors for some people. It's in the next verse. Verse eight says this. I know your works. I've set before you an open door. Everybody in this room, listen to me. He has an open door in front of your life if you'll take it. I don't care where you've been or what you've done. There is a great life out there. He will open the door for you. Right here it is. And here's the reason. Look at the next word. Let's read it carefully. I know your works. I've set before you an open door. No one can shut it because. What's the because mean? This is the reason I do things for people. You have a little strength. And then what does it say? You have honored my word. What does the Bible teach you right there? He blesses you the way you deal with his word. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how often you go to church. I don't care how much you love to sing. I don't care. I don't care about anything. He will deal with you the way you deal with his word. Nations, businesses, families, individuals. You want him to set an open door before you and every devil in hell can't shut it. Make up your mind. As for me and my house, we're going to go by this book right here. I'm going to say it is written over and over and over. This ain't complicated, dear ones. One of these days, one of these days, you're going to croak. Came to hear good news, didn't you? One of these days, you're going to croak. One of the, I love statistics. One of them that's never failed. One out of one people that's born dies. So far, so good. Everybody's going to croak one day. You might as well deal with it. and Just quit worrying about it and get ready for it. All right, one of these days you're gonna croak. There's a song that says when we all get to heaven. That's not true. Some of us are going, some of us aren't. Everybody could. It is written. Everybody could. But one of these days you're gonna fall over, and uh, you need to be ready when you fall over. And the Bible said you will see glory. You can't even imagine what it's like because nobody can. It's wonderful. You're gonna see Jesus face to face. The Bible says we're gonna see, him. and uh, you're gonna be standing there. And uh, you're going to say, dear Jesus, can I ask you a question? See if you don't do this. Can I ask you a question? Why, why was it so rough down there? Couldn't you uh, help us more? Don't act spiritual to me. You think like this all the time. Yeah. You're going to ask him, why was it so rough down there? And he's going to smile at you and he's going to say, what's that in your hand? You're going to go, whoa, I didn't know I brought it with me. Y'all didn't know this. It is written. It is written. Only two things are coming out of this earth. The earth and the works in it will be burned. Every church is going to burn to the ground. Every home is going to burn to the ground. Every Christian book written is going to burn. Every song written is going to burn. We'll sing the musical angels in heaven. What's well, the only two things coming out of this earth? People and the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away. My Word will never pass away. This is the only thing you've taken with you because the only two things coming out of this earth are people and this word. And you're going to be standing there and you're going to say, I didn't know, man, didn't know I had it with me. And you're going to say, but sir, why, why was it so rough down there? And he's going to say, what's that in your hand? And you're going to know it didn't have to be this rough down here. I had it right there. That dude beat the tar out of me when I had a pistol in my back pocket and didn't even know it. He wore my family out when I had a word I could have turned to. You know, as I am telling you, do you hear an urgency here? Stick with the word. It'll be life to you. Let's talk to him. Dear Jesus, I want to praise you and thank you that we can talk to you and pray. I thank you that not only, this is, this is just wild to me. When I turn my heart toward heaven and begin to pray and talk to you, the creator of the universe hears me. Thank you. And not only hears me, your word says you enjoy listening. Your word says the prayer of the upright is the delight of the Lord. Father, I don't have to feel like it for it to be true because it is written. And I pray today, my spirit is so urgent today for your people that they will turn to the word of God and that they'll live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that we'll get our lives back to the Bible. That we will learn it, love it, rejoice in it, celebrate it, say it, write it on the doorposts of your home that you might do these things. Father, I, I pray for every person in this room. Put it in their hearts right now that you want them to succeed at everything they do. I know you do. It is written. Father, you can't make them succeed. That's up to them. I want to thank you and praise you. One of, one of your favorites that I love to dwell on and chew on. My son, don't let this word depart from your mouth. Think about it day and night. Then you will make your way successful and you'll prosper in everything you do. I love these folks. I want them to have the best lives, best families. I want them to enjoy their work. I want them to enjoy everything you've given them to enjoy. But I know that we only overcome by the word of God. And I pray for a revival of the Bible in our hearts. I trust you for that. Let Jesus be glorified. In his priceless, precious name, we always pray. And now, Father, if that 88% of America sitting in here this morning who thinks they're good enough to get into heaven, that they've been good enough, I pray you would open the eyes of their heart. And dear Jesus, you tell them, it is written, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody will ever come to the Father unless he comes through me. I thank you that the cross is the only way home. And we don't come in proud, we come in humbly. I thank you that every person who bows their knee before Jesus and says, you're right, I'm a sinner. But today I changed my mind. From now on, I follow you. Holy Spirit, go through all this room right now. I trust you draw people to the Son of God. Friend, if you fall over tonight, are you going to be there? It's that simple. Do you want the life Jesus can give or do you want to keep doing it your way? How's your way doing you? How is your way doing you? Why don't you turn to Jesus and mean it? Don't try God. Follow God. Rest of your life. This is a lifelong commitment right here. That's your intent. You want to do that? I want you to pray with me right now. Right there where you're at. This is heart to heart between you and Jesus. He's listening. Pray like a child. Say this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on a cross horribly because you love me. You care about me. You knew my name that day. I believe you're coming back to earth one day. I want to be yours. I want to be ready. So I come to you today and I confess I am a sinner. No more excuses, Jesus. You don't forgive excuses, you forgive sins. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me and I believe you will. And I just turn from my sins and my selfish lifestyle and my way. I turn to you completely. Thank you for hearing my prayer. From this day forward, with my mouth, I declare you are my Savior. You are my Lord. You're the love of my life. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you forever, Jesus. Show me how to live in your word. Lead me. I don't understand all of it, but I'm trusting you from this day forward. I mean it. And I make this prayer in the strong name of Jesus, mighty son of God, forever alive. In his name I pray. Now, if you prayed that in a minute, raise your hand real high where I can see it. Put it up real high. Thank you, thank you. Put those down. Jesus, you're more than wonderful. I give you all the praise and glory. I thank you for abundant life, eternal life, every kind of life you give. And I pray in Jesus' name that your word will cling us close to you, knowing that it will. Jesus, I just want to say personally, I just love being old-fashioned, backwards, hick, ignorant, country boy that loves God and believes his word. And I'm going to finish just like this. And I got a feeling when the smoke clears and it's all said and done, I'm going to be glad I did. I want that for every person. I trust you for that. In the precious, priceless name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.